This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. As a contractor, I choose Hardy Fiber Cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims, too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit. Learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com build. In the immortal words of Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. Here we are again, and uh, I am uh, very, very pleased. Look, I'm ready to start my weekend. I'm sure many of you are as well. And I've found initially one of the uh, easiest ways to kind of ease into the weekend rather than come up with an hour of compelling conversation and content myself is to kind of outsource that job to Three other people who are more intelligent, more humorous, and uh, more charming, more witty than I am. Turns out it is not a difficult thing to find three people that are uh, wittier than I am. And it also turns out that when we tried this experiment, which was solely rooted in getting me to do less work going into a weekend, people really took to it. And uh, we have once again assembled an all-star midnight panel of three people from three diverse points of view, ways of life, stations in life. And they are going to join us for the next hour to chew the fat on uh, some of the big issues in the news. Let me first welcome Fred Rubino, who was here a couple of weeks ago, who I have to confess, I have to be honest, Fred asked me a while ago about coming on this show, and whenever someone asks me to come on the show, rather than me asking them to come on the show, I'm immediately a little suspect. <laughs> Lo and behold, the guy was both hilarious and brilliant, and has a following five times bigger than uh, than anything I could ever host to hope to muster. So he was so terrific, we figured we'd invite him back. Stand-up comedian who has a bit of a conservative bent, Fred Rubino, good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, how could I not ask to be on iconic WABC? Uh, well, it's great to see you. Also, uh, very pleased to welcome back my friend, film producer, entrepreneur, and legendary nightlife impresario. If uh, you don't see his name in page six, chances are you're reading page seven. Very pleased to welcome back Noel Ashman. Hello, Noel. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. Also, very pleased to welcome, for her first time on the show, a veteran radio talk show host, hostess, who uh, you've probably heard filling in for Brian Kilmeade, but uh, she has done a lot of great hosting in her own right. And not only does she have a lot of interesting things to say, but she has just a voice that is just so delightful. In fact, when I finally met her in person after listening to her for many years, I said, you absolutely have to be Mary Walter. And lo and behold, Mary Walter has agreed to join us this hour as well. Hello, Mary. Good. Do I say good morning? I'm so confused. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're on the East Coast, you can still say good morning. If okay. you're west of uh, the Rockies, it's uh, it's good evening. Well, thank you for having me. Where's the bourbon? <laughs> um, oh, don't don't get me started. We we wait till our last hour before breaking open the uh, the good booze. All right. Um, let me. There's a bunch of other a bunch of issues that I want to I want you guys to to comment on and, and feel free to jump in as you see fit. You know, interrupt one, one another uh, if you feel the need to strike one another. Just do so civilly in kind of a, a Will Smith kind of a way, not necessarily a a, a more aggressive kind of way. I want to begin with this trend that we're that we're seeing really all over the country. It has to do with President Trump. There's been an, another lawsuit filed to bar President Trump from the ballot. A, a liberal group 
has filed a lawsuit in Colorado asserting that the 14th Amendment, which addresses insurrections, disqualifies President Trump from running for president again due to his role in January 6th. Fred, what do you make of these attempts to disqualify uh, Donald Trump from the ballot? I think it's as un-American as you could get. I think at one time there was like a Ku Klux Klan man who ran for president, and that was okay. You know, like now they're just pulling stuff out. I think there should be a law that uh, it shouldn't be to these small courts. It shouldn't be state to state. If you're going to sue the president or prevent him from running, it should go to a much higher court. And it should be like thrown out right away or pursued. But it it shouldn't be these smaller courts. You get these these attorney generals from from who knows where and they say, hey, I'm going to. Stop Donald Trump myself. It's, it's just so un-American. And, and no, you know, Brad Raffensperger, the uh, Georgia Secretary of State, who's, uh, you know, probably not a fan of Donald Trump these days, he says he can't keep Donald Trump off the ballot. He says there's not a mechanism for him to use the 14th Amendment to keep Trump off the ballot. What do you make of these attempts to keep him off the ballot? I think it's ridiculous. I, I think that, um, honestly, I, I, I think they have a weak can- uh, the, the liberals have a weak candidate and they're afraid. And that's their way of dealing with it. And I think it's completely unconstitutional, completely un-American and horrific. Let, 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 people, let the people decide. Uh, Mary, uh, w- what about you? I mean, it looks to me like uh, between these indictments and these attempts to keep him off the ballot, not to mention the E. Jean Carroll uh, civil suit, that uh, a lot of these legal challenges against Trump might actually be serving politically to help Trump. I mean, how do you see it? Well, it is interesting that that it would be seen as helping him because that totally backfires on the Democrats. But they they have a tendency to push further than they should. And this whole thing about getting him off with the 14th Amendment, I go to Hans von Spakovsky from the Heritage Institute, who is far smarter than I. So, and I laughed when you said you came to us to be for, for smarter opinions. I can't speak for my my other my other panelist here, Fred and Noel, who also had nothing to do at 2 a.m. Um, <laughs> he wasn't talking that, about me when he said smarter, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> I mean, they could be far smarter than I. But Hans, I know is. And, and Hans points out, and he's a constitutional attorney that only the Senate uh, Congress is the only one who can uh, can do something like this and the Senate acquitted Trump uh, on the uh, question of whether he committed an insurrection during one of the impeachments remember they they acquitted him they did not find him that he had committed uh uh, insurrection. The other thing is he no one has charged him with insurrection. Even Jack Smith has not charged him with insurrection. So he hasn't even been charged with it. So someone on a state level doesn't have the power to prevent a someone from being on the on the ballot as a presidential candidate. Only Congress has that power, according to the 14th Amendment, but they're just conveniently forgetting it because this is not about justice. This is about lawfare, and this is about stopping Trump. So they're trying to cripple him, death by a thousand cuts, with lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. They're trying to drain his money and keep him tied up in court so he can't campaign. Let me ask you about another fellow who is uh, dealing with a bunch of legal issues that has implications on the presidential campaign, and that's Hunter Biden. Uh, Special (laughs) counsel uh, Weiss intends apparently to indict Hunter Biden after a a previous plea agreement collapsed. This follows an incident where Hunter Biden allegedly lied on a federal form when buying a firearm. We could see charges even within a couple of weeks. No, what, what do you make of this? You, you're uh, like me. You know a lot of criminals and a lot of lawyers. Uh, I'm curious how you read the uh, Hunter Biden likely indictment here. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> um, I, you know, I think it's uh, Weiss is kind of covering his butt. I think that, uh, you know, clearly he was trying to just give him a sweetheart plea deal and get him out. And now I think there's pressure on him. So I think my opinion is they're probably going after him with what they have to go after him with so they don't have to go – so the uh, investigation doesn't get to Joe. That's what it looks like to me. Mary, what do you think? 
I, I no, I actually think Noel is is right on. Uh, kudos to you, Noel. Uh, the, the Weiss was his hand was forced, you know, with this. I don't trust that man as far as I can throw him. He's played both sides of the fence, and somebody lied. Somebody lied to Congress. Either he lied to Congress or Christopher Ray lied to Congress because they're both pointing at each other. So, so this this is about butt covering for him. He had to charge him, uh, but notice that the statute of limitations is running out on the the charges for tax evasion. So there. Oh, look over here. We're going to charge him with the gun stuff, but we want to get to the tax evasion stuff. That's the important stuff. That's what ties him to Joe. And that's what they don't want us to see. So they're letting the statute of limitations run out on each one of those charges. So they will not be investigated. And that's where the money is. That's, that's where you want to get him. This is a throwaway. I, I will be shocked if Hunter does a day in jail. Well, you know, that's the thing is, even if he was indicted of very, very serious charges, I would see President Biden just pardoning him on his way out the door, whether that's, uh, you know, in a year from now or five years from now. I mean, every president seems to kind of pardon all their cronies on the way at their way out the door. I mean, how do you see it, Fred? They're going to indict him in a month. They've had this thing on tape for five years. They've been investigating him. And they finally says there's no way around not arresting this guy. You know what? Let's arrest him in a month. My God, I'd leave my recycling out on the wrong day. The cops are at my door banging this guy for five years. And, and by the way, the gun in the video is not the gun he threw away in the garbage. So that means there's two guns that he had. Which oh, means that's a good point. I, you know, I, I didn't even I didn't even know that. Yeah, uh, you know, brilliant. Uh, all of a sudden, and they're not just giving GEDs away. Let me tell you, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter Biden all of a sudden is the greatest advocate for the Second Amendment yeah. that there is. Um, He's going to be the new head of the NRA. Mark my words, uh, Mary. Let me ask you about an issue that might be even more controversial than uh, than guns, and that's masks. Right. Uh, There's now a school in Maryland, an elementary school, that is planning to bring back a requirement for N95 masks. The author of the the Cochrane Review indicated, Tom Jefferson of Oxford, that face masks have minimal impact on virus transmission and questioned a lot of these government mandates. Uh, Dr. Fauci on CNN with Michael Smirconish last Saturday, he disputed that. He didn't agree with the findings of this uh, this Oxford study and the, the Cochrane Review. I It came up on my phone. I, I don't know if this happens with your phones, but my phone has this feature where it pops up old photographs from whenever. And it came up on my phone, a, a photo from April of 2020, and I had to take an express bus back home, and it was I was the only passenger on the bus because the rest of the world was shut down. Everyone else was working from home except for those of us that are working in radio. I was literally the only passenger on the bus. People could see the photo at Facebook.com slash Moreno fan, and I still was required, as per the driver, to wear a mask, even though I was 30, 40 feet away from the driver. The driver was wearing a mask. I was wearing a mask. Um, what do you make of the the possibility that we could be heading back towards uh, a masking era? And what do you make of this Cochrane study that shows that masks are, at best, minimally helpful in reducing or stopping the transmission of COVID? Well, we've known this forever. I mean, Doc, the sainted Dr. Fauci, peace and blessings be upon him, uh, noted in an email in what February of 2020 to a friend that they knew that masks didn't work. Didn't Dr. Burks put in her the book that she wrote that they made all this stuff up because they didn't know what they were up against? So they didn't know how long it was going to take to try to like flatten, you know, stop the spread. So they went with 14 days to the infamous 14 days to flatten the curve that they made up the six feet thing because they really didn't know. But they felt that they had to give people some way to feel safe. So they, they put these things in place and they just made them up. So the mask thing, listen, where this is happening in Maryland is where my same place my apartment was when I was living in D.C. to work down there not that long ago. And so it doesn't surprise me. Those people haven't stopped wearing masks there. They are liberal, liberal, liberal. It's like San Francisco, but with a lot of money and people not pooping well, on the sidewalk. Well, and well, and well, so they are going to do it forever. Why is masking a political issue, though? I mean, to me, it really it really shouldn't be. 
either masks are effective or, or they're not. It shouldn't matter whether you're you're Democrat, Republican, or or something else. Well, in a sane world, what you're saying would make sense. But this is about, you know, believe the science, because for whatever reason, we split, you know, ideologically with people on the right saying this is BS because we can all look at each other like what you just pointed out being on the bus. Most sane people go, well, this is stupid, right? Most sane people would say that. But there are people who, in my humble opinion, the left, the people who were the hippies back in the 60s are now the authoritarians in the 2000s, right? So there, when you take religion away, these people are mostly a-religious. They have to have something. The government is their religion. And I, I really truly believe there are a lot of people who feel like the government is infallible. The government is their God. So when one of the saints of the government, Dr. Fauci, uh, says you must do this, they believe it wholeheartedly and they truly, truly, truly believe this. There are people to this day who believe that they get the vaccine, get the vaccine on their on their seventh booster and they're still getting COVID. They, they, for in their brain, it's a disconnect of some kind. They truly believe the government's infallible. Uh, Fred, what about it? Is is Mary being too tough on uh, on Dr. Fauci and the others that did the best that they could with the information that was available at the time? I really can't trust a doctor that's had a sore throat for the last 18 years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. If anyone should wear a mask, it's him all the time because he just can't kick this thing. But you know what? The mask, what always made me laugh is you wear the mask, you're waiting to get into a restaurant. Apparently, if you have a plate of food in front of you, oh, don't get me started. It cannot spread COVID. <laughs> so, French fries. Finally, French fries are saving the world. Uh, no, Ashman, you've been in the nightclub business for a long time. I know the nightclub business was a very hard hit by the uh, lockdowns of uh, of 2020. What do you make of this debate over masking, which has been kind of newly ignited by this Cochrane study and by the the comments that Dr. Fauci's made over the Cochrane study? You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, to me, I, I think it's been pretty clearly shown that masks are of little effect, if any. Um, if some that being said, if someone's an older person or highly vulnerable and they want to wear masks, so be it. I, I think people should be able to do whatever they need to do, but to mandate that everyone wears it is absolutely ridiculous and completely pointless. And the fact that this has gotten politicized, I think, is also a bad. Uh, says a lot about our society at this point, that everything is, is political. Yeah, politicized. Th- this is what uh, you know. I had on uh, Brett Giroir, who. Um, was an admiral and uh, worked in the uh, he he was a, a four star admiral in the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps and he was the acting Food and Drug Administration Commissioner. He was the COVID testing czar. He was the U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health. He was on this program a few days ago. This is what he said on the subject of masking, particularly for children in schools. I thought this was interesting on the whole public health. Very clear evidence that mask mandates or even mask wearing doesn't, you know, help on the overall level. But on an individual level, if you're at risk, it it could really help. So if your listeners are at high risk and, you know, they're going to a high risk situation, they could they should consider that. Now, let me just put a a punctuation mark here because masks in schools have never been shown to be effective. Uh, We are the only country that I know of that recommend masks for people under six. Uh, In fact, the WHO doesn't allow it. It it argues against it because, you know, you can't see, you can't learn to interpret language, you can't interpret emotions. So masks for people under six should be absolutely, it's like the devil's work. It's really that bad in terms of development. Six to 12-year-olds, only if that person really feels that they're really needed and they're, and they're at high risk. So I just want to draw that distinction between masks for people who are at high risk, elderly, versus the under 12-year-old. And I'm not French here. This is pretty much what the data show us now. Mandates don't work for select populations. Please wear it if you're at high risk for children. Doesn't 
uh, not positive and very detrimental for understand. Noel Ashman is here. Fred Rubino is here. Mary Walter is here. Uh, before we break, uh, lady and gentlemen, I want to get your take on uh, this fascinating, fascinating story out of Florida, as all the stories out of Florida are. A three-legged bear known to some Florida residents as Tripod actually broke in to a family's porch over the weekend for quite an unexpected visit. You had this 13-year-old Joseph Diglio who was watching television on Sunday when barking from his dog Bruno alerted him that there was something outside. And Diglio caught the whole thing on camera, and people can watch this, at his home in Lake Mary near Orlando. And apparently there was this bear, and this bear went to the outdoor refrigerator and actually grabbed two white claws, one mango and one strawberry. And while the bear's ability to open the refrigerator might be considered cool, it was also pretty concerning for Diglio and his family. But apparently bears, at least a three-legged variety, they like white claws. I mean, Noel, is this the next evolution of the, the next step in the white claw revolution? Wow, I did not hear the story. Uh Wow, uh, that's scary. He opened the refrigerator. Opened the refrigerator and took out two white claws. So now one mango. Be, next thing you're picking, the bears are picking the lock, getting your house. I, that, I, that's crazy. Either that or getting a truly. Mary, where <laughs> are you on uh, on white claw? White claw seems to be, you know, a, a, a pretty polarizing drink in the hard seltzer community and the the drinking community in general. Yeah, well, I'm not a hard seltzer fan, mm. so uh, I have no skin in this game. But we did have cocaine bears, so white claw bears should not be surprising anyone. <laughs> right. Three-legged, no less. Fred, three-legged. What, what, what do you make of this uh, three-legged white claw drinking bear? Hey, I live in Orlando, and uh, a bear named Tripod, I'm shocked, is not dating someone in Orlando <laughs> or uh, getting married very soon because... It's a it's a very small uh, pool there, but hey, you know who doesn't like a white claw? Exactly. Are you a white claw guy? No, I'm, no, uh, I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one here who drinks a white claw occasionally. My goodness. All right, all right. Mary Walter is here. Fred Rubino is here. Noel Ashman is here. If you want to comment on any of the stories we're talking about, you're welcome to give us a call eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. That's eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. This is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Moreno with our illustrious midnight panel. Straight ahead. The other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley, and that on this earth there will be peace, there will be justice, there will be human brotherhood. Sanders singing We Shall Overcome uh, today is Bernie Sanders 82nd birthday. That's right. Uh, born in 1941. Obviously, he's had uh, an illustrious career as a, a senator, a mayor, a bunch of other things. And as uh, an erstwhile singer, perhaps the only people older than Bernie Sanders might be the Rolling Stones. And don't look now, 
They have a new record out. The Rolling Stones are officially back, sharing the first single from their forthcoming new album, Hackney Diamonds, which hits record stores and streaming services worldwide on October 20th. The track is titled Angry, and uh, they say, I haven't heard it, but they say it's everything you could want from the Rolling Stones in the 21st century. Mary, are are you a Rolling Stones fan? Are you surprised that they're still at it after all these years? So I'm not surprised that they're still at it. God bless them, right? But, so when you look at these guys, and someone called them the Strolling Bones, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) But so I can't take record. I can't take credit for that. So kudos to whoever thought of it. But Keith Richards is seventy nine years old. Compare him to Joe Biden, right? Like right, that's the right. thing that stands out more than anything to me. Is these guys? I've still got it together. These guys are still functioning. So it's a really good example when people talk about age limits for the president and things like that. It's not about age. It's about genetics and you know keeping moving and the in the whole other thing. Some people are an old eighty. Some people are like a Keith Richards, Keith Richards, or a or a Mick Jagger eighty. Right? Like these, they're still going strong. Keith Richards was an old twenty. <laughs> 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 He's going to outlive us all. It's amazing, but you know, like you know, I, again, I just look at Mick Jagger. I'm like, He's prob- they're probably going to go on tour again, and they're probably going to be able to do it. Granted, the tour is going to start at four in the afternoon, the, the concert, and it'll be over by six, so everybody can get home. But you know, I think it's great, good for them if they're still viable and they're still making good music. That's fantastic. Uh, Fred, what about it? Rolling Stones, should they have hung them up long ago? What do you think? Yeah, it's getting time. You know, they're they're angry in the new video. Of course, they're old. Old people are angry, right? (laughs) I mean, you buy the album and the song is uh, Get Off My Lawn and uh, My Soup is Cold. (laughs) You've run out of ideas. You're too old for rock and roll. You'll Give it to the kids. Oh, come on. (laughs) What do you think? No. You know... I've had the privilege of hanging out with, I think, all of them. Um, certainly Mick Jagger a bunch of times wow. and Ron Wood a bunch of times. And they are more energetic than most 20-year-olds that I know. Still? Oh, yeah. Really? I mean, they are <laughs> They are absolutely uh, a freak of nature. And I, I agree. I think it's, it's a genetic thing. You could be 80 and be home every day. Well, let me know. ask you, Noel, as, as you know, one of the, the – probably the only person here, unless uh, Mary was hanging out with uh, Mick Jagger uh, in between, you know, radio appearances. How old do you think I am? <laughs> I'm like, hey. I mean, <laughs> really? No, 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 as young as could be, is hanging out with, uh, with Mick Jagger. Why do they still do it, right? I mean, clearly, I don't think they need the money. I don't think they need the notoriety. Why not just, uh, you know, kind of just rest on your loyal laurels and enjoy life. Why still work so hard at this point in your life in producing new music, going on tour? Why do they still do it? As much as I could tell, you know, when I spoke to them about it, you know, I, they really love it. And they're doing what they love. I think there's something to that. I think that that's my, you could make a good argument. That's what keeps them so young is that they're out still doing what they love and they're still working. I think sometimes when people retire and aren't mentally challenged, that's when they start to fade. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've heard that. You know, I've seen that with a lot of radio people over yeah. the years uh, in both ways. You know, when they retire and they, uh, you know, tend to, they get old quickly once they retire. And folks that uh, that stay a little bit too long, and long after they, uh, they should have retired. Fred, uh, last time you were here, I asked you about UFOs. And apparently, a big article in the Washington Post yesterday other countries don't classify UFO files. For instance, Brazil's historical archive showcases decades of documented UFO encounters. This is in stark contrast to what we do in the U.S., which is just you know, permeated by secrecy. Many countries promote transparency and public discussion on these UFO sightings. In the U.S., we seem to have been doing the exact opposite, which feeds into a lot of wonderment and a lot of conspiracy theories. Well, what do you make of the fact that other countries aren't classifying UFO files? Well, uh, you know, you said, what is it, Brazil? Brazil, no one's looking up in Brazil. You know, you go to the beach, there's the most beautiful women in the world. Every camera is down on the sand or some girl coming out of the surf. 
No one's even looking up in Brazil, and I wouldn't either, you know? <laughs> but uh, when, you, when you don't classify, and we don't, you have to think it's some kind of conspiracy. We're in on it somehow. It's an experimental plane, you know? I wish JetBlue would buy some of these planes because it, it's, at least it'll be on time once in a while. But that feeds into all the conspiracy. It just fuels it. Uh, what, what about it? No, why are we why are we classifying so many of these UFO sightings? <laughs> yeah, I, look, I think you have to have complete transparency. I think that when you don't have complete transparency, that's what uh, feeds you're guilty of something. Yeah, then it, that's what feeds conspiracy theories. Um, and I think this is an important thing to to get out for another reason is if it's not a UFO, what is it? You know, is there is this, does some other country have a technology we're unaware of? Mary, what about it? I mean, obviously, there's been this round of congressional hearings on this. This seems to be an even President Trump addressed this in his interview with uh, Hugh Hewitt uh, two days ago. Seems to be an issue that's being taken a lot more seriously than it was even just a few years ago. What do you make of uh, the UFO issue in general and the fact that other countries treat these UFO sightings much more differently than the United States does? You know, it's interesting that they would, but I just love that Brazil is far more transparent than we are with all of this. In Brazil, there's an entire village that says it was attacked in the the 70s. An entire village was just like, yeah, we were attacked by extraterrestrials. They asked for military help. From Brazil. (laughs) In Brazil, right, right, right. So so I, I don't think that, I think most Americans just kind of figure like, yeah, they're out there. And it's not really, um, you know, it's the Area 51 thing, the government um, trying to apparently or allegedly reverse engineer some of these aircraft. There is um, actually allegations that some of the technology that we currently have in our aircraft have come from some of those uh, reverse engineerings at Area 51. I don't know if that's true or not, but this is what the government does, the American government you know, is so big, and I think they just create these... Um, conspiracy theories without intentionally creating conspiracy theories because of the lack of transparency. They probably didn't want other countries to know that we had these you captured UFOs or ones that were downed and so we're reverse engineering it so then they just deny it ever happens. Have you ever seen these aliens though? They, they're hairless. <laughs> of course they're going to Brazil. <laughs> of course. It all makes sense now. But I'm bummed. Tip right. your waiters on the way out. <laughs> hey, um, obviously, a lot of us have been paying pretty close attention to this uh, this Bud Light issue or the Bud Light scandal. Bud Light used to be far and away the most consumed, the mer- most purchased beer in the United States. Now, I think it's actually fallen out of the top and it continues to decline in uh, popularity. Apparently now, Bill Gates has acquired $95 million in Anheuser-Busch shares amidst these controversies surrounding the company's partnership with the trans activist Dylan Mulvaney and a huge decline in Bud Light's popularity. Uh, Noel, obviously, Bill Gates is a, a smart guy. What is he seeing in this Bill, this Bud Light investment? I don't know, because right now, even in New York, which is where I live, it's clearly very liberal, no one wants Bud Light. I mean, at all. Um, I, I just think it's a, it's a I, I think it's a case of a company just, you know, I think everybody wants to have an escape from politics. I think when you're, you're your beer brand is pushing politics down your throat, I think people are getting sick of it. Uh, Mary, smart investment by Bill Gates. Are they going to make a comeback? What do you think? Listen, if I knew if this was a smart investment, I would not be up at 2 a.m. doing a radio show, okay? So <laughs> I'm probably not the person to be asking this question. Um, I just figure that Bill Gates, this is how he's going to deliver the COVID vaccine to everyone, including those who didn't want to take it. He's going to just put it in the Bud Light and, you know, there you go. Everybody gets the vaccine. Now, I know um, you've mentioned you were not a hard seltzer drinker. I know know Noel, in spite of the fact that he's been in the nightclub business for a long time, I know he's not a drinker. Are you you a beer drinker, Mary? (laughs) What what do you drink? Are you are you a drinker? Yeah, uh, am I a drinker? Yes, yeah, that kind of like sounds like a little rough. It's not like I've got it wrapped in a plastic bag on a street corner. Um, 
But no, we do. We have, uh, I am German and Irish, so I'm a beer drinker. And my husband was not a drinker at all when we met. And I have since broken him down. And now he's an alcoholic. Um, but we have a, <laughs> that's what being married to me for that long will do to you. We we have a, we do have a tap room and we have a double headed tap. And we have yingling on tap at all times. Uh, good American beer made by a good American family. Longest running brewery in the country. Continuously running brewery. Uh, but that and when I was living in D.C., you know, it's the South. I got into bourbon. So we're bourbon drinkers and beer drinkers. Now, I just don't work? like seltzer flavored alcohol. Oh, I, I got you. Well, how does it work when you, you have a tap in your house? And I've been to other people's <laughs> houses that have taps in their house. Do you have to refill the tap and, you know, every every so often? How does that work? It, well, of course you do. It's 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 not like magical that you just <laughs> that you just hit it and like there's a unicorn behind the wall that produces beer. Yeah, you have to go get a keg or a half keg. In our case, we have a we get a sixel of whatever we're drinking, um, and you have to you know hook it up with the CO two and the whole the whole bit just like you would in a bar. Were you a Bud Light drinker? But forget no. about before. Never. No. Never. No, I neither am not was I. a light beer ne- drinker, period. Beer, light beer should be illegal. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, light beer, uh, some of them, not all of them, but it's like a bottle of water that they walked past a beer and then said, here, look, this is light beer. I, no, I, I find Bud Light, represents, to me, the only thing worse than Bud Light is a Coors Light. I, I do like an Amstel Light. I find that to be uh, pretty, pretty, pretty flavorful. Where well, do you, you, wait, wait, not to interrupt you, but try this. I, somebody bought this for us by accident. We're staying at their house and they... They know we like beer and they know we like Yingling. So they bought Yingling Flight with an F, not light. There's Yingling Light, but it's Yingling Flight with an F. And it's got a few more calories, than, about 10 more calories than Yingling Light, but it's low carb. And mm-hmm. in the summer, it's light. I mean, it's a light beer, but I actually don't detest it. It's oh. actually a good beer if you don't want something heavy. So if you want to try a lighter beer, I highly recommend Yingling Flight with an F. Fred, what about you? Where were you, uh, putting aside the trans stuff and the controversy over the marketing, where were you on Bud Light before all this? I drank Bud Light. You did? Yeah. Did I drank you anything. stop? Did and you... Anybody buys me a drink, it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> did you stop but when... Uh, I did. When, you I did. did, yes. As a, a solidarity, you know. But uh, who am I to tell Bill Gates what to invest in? All right. So you... <laughs> I, I, I invested in gluten. Okay, so... <laughs> um, but... Uh, it's dead. Bud Light is dead. It's it dead. I mean, the tripod the bear went past <laughs> the Bud Light and grabbed White Claws. Hey, one of the one of the markets that Bud Light uh, tapped into before all this was the kind of the, the Sunday football fan. Football is is now back. Came back uh, a few hours ago with the uh, the Kansas City game, and uh, people are very excited about uh, about football coming back. Controversy among people that have charter because they're not able to see the Disney channels, including ESPN. Well, Mary, where do you come down on this? Are you excited about football season? Who are you rooting for? Who are you predicting is going to win? Do you care? What do you make of this? Yeah, I got nothing. Nothing. Yeah, no. I'm I'm a big basketball. College basketball is my jam. So. Uh, Fred, how about you? Are you excited about the NFL? I love football. I uh, I don't know what I do after football. I just wander aimlessly. You know, I, I'm a big football fan. I love it. I love drinking until all hours on Sunday. It's a great opportunity. What are you drinking now that Bud Light is uh, verboten in the Rubino household? Now I drink a Miller. I'm a Miller man. <laughs> Miller High Life, Miller Light, The Miller High Life. I'm part of the high life. All the right, champagne, the champagne of beers. beers. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, so you're excited about football season. Love football season. Who do you root for? I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, America's team. Oh. And in New York, I, in New York, I get a lot of things thrown at me for that remark. I bet. I bet. Uh, no, uh, you excited about football season? How do you come down? I am. I used to play football uh, until I got six concussions and had to stop playing. Six concussions? Six concussions. What a show off. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> At the end, the doctor was like, I don't advise you to keep playing. You wouldn't stop after the second or the third? He didn't know. I love football. (laughs) I I love football. Hey, there are good doctors and bad doctors. (laughs) You had the bad doctor. Get out there. Play. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't know. Back then, the concussion thing wasn't as, you know, in front of your mind. They didn't know all the Clearly not. There's a a fellow that's running for president, Hirsch Singh. He's run for office six times and lost each time. Lower offices, including the condo board. Now he's running for president. (laughs) 
Uh, that, he, he, whoever told him to run for president must have been the same guy telling you to go out there and uh, and play football. Um, all right, we're going to continue in uh, just a moment. Mary Walter is here. Fred Rubino is here. Noel Ashman is here. I'm Frank Morano. You're listening to The Other Side of Midnight. We'll try and squeeze in as many of your calls as we can. 800-848-9222. Six open lines if you want to weigh in on any of the subjects we're discussing. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Still going strong at uh, whatever age they are. A new album coming out next month. Very excited uh, that uh, we're playing our own hits here with uh, Fred Rubino, a conservative comedian, Noel Ashman, movie producer, and entrepreneur, and uh, nightlife impresario, and Mary Walter, veteran radio talk show hostess, has been on some great stations over the years, including filling in uh, for Brian Kilmeade on his nationally syndicated radio show. Let me ask you, we were talking about Maryland earlier in the sub, in the uh, context of masks. There's another story out of Maryland that is getting a lot of attention, and it has to do with this police officer in Prince George's, Maryland, that um, apparently was caught on video, a video that has now gone viral, getting into the backseat of a cruiser with a female, female and um, and kissing her. Apparently, a woman claiming to be the wife of this police officer is calling the ordeal embarrassing and painful. She wrote a, a big Facebook post yesterday saying, we need the support and love and most of all the respect from the community and our families. The w- woman that he was kissing um, said, no, I'm not just a, a one-night stand. It, you know, I've been his mistress for two years. This video shared on TikTok on Monday showed this police officer who's been identified by the department as Francesco Marlett with an unidentified female outside a marked police vehicle, and the two can be seen getting into the back of his cruiser together, closing the door behind them before the video ends. And uh, this has generated a lot of attention, a lot of opinions on all sides, people coming down on the side of the the wife, the mistress, uh, maybe even a couple of people on the side of the the cop, We'll see where this goes. Uh, Prince George's County State's Attorney Aisha Braveaboy told uh, Fox 5 that the matter is being investigated by the police department's internal affairs. The county police chief also confirmed that internal affairs is looking into this. Mary, uh, what do you make of this? Is this uh, just a, you know, is this more common than people realize among police officers smooching on the job? Or is this uh, is this a rare instance and that's why it's making so much news? Well, um, I, I don't have the statistics on that as to whether this is this happens a lot. Here's the thing. First of all, the wife, they have to track her down. And she she went public with it. She made a Facebook post. I get it. Here's the thing. If I were her, listen, I, I think you can get a marriage. If someone's cheating, you can get through it as a couple, depending what the circumstances are. I can't be married to someone that's stupid. Because then it makes me look like an idiot because I chose him and he's clearly a moron. 
So that's where the line would be for me. He's in his uniform. They're getting in the back of the cop car. This guy is that dumb, especially with the way people feel about cops. And in PG County, where this happened, they're not hugely cop-friendly in Mm. that county. So you have to know that someone, if they can see you, is going to be recording this somewhere along the line. And the woman who's doing it with him, I'm I'm not a big huge fan of things like that. I think karma it will kick you right in the butt somewhere. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to come back and kick her in the butt. I feel for the wife in this. I don't feel for the other woman. I certainly I certainly don't feel for him. All right, uh, Fred, Mary's team wife. Where do you come down? I don't know if 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 you're a construction worker, it's your girlfriend, or there's some putana you're you're seeing. It's a mistress. It sounds so sophisticated, huh? Mistress? <laughs> but you know what? They're trying to say that police should be retrained, should be a little nicer to the community. How much nicer could you get? <laughs> I mean, this guy should teach the class. I'm not going to give you a ticket. I'm going to make out with you a little, and uh, I'll let you go. That's great. <laughs> they no. do that a lot, don't they? You hear those stories a lot. I don't know. I, I've never gotten a speeding ticket, but <laughs> I don't like to brag. No, no. what do you make of this uh, this Maryland mistress? I think it would have been funny if they got locked in the back seat, because I don't think those opened from the inside. Which would have yeah, been... I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> that would have been really funny. Uh, but Sounds like you have a little... Uh... <laughs> a little inside knowledge about the back of a police car. It's from film. It's from film. <laughs> All right. Jay is in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hello, Jay. Hey, Frank. You're invited to the big Oktoberfest we're going to have here in Cincinnati. But what you might really like is the Bourbon Trail, ah. which is right across the river in Kentucky. I might like that, actually, yeah. Yes, and they have uh, tastings. What I can't understand is how you could have a tasting at a bourbon distillery when it's in a dry county. You got me. I I, I can't answer that one. No idea as far as that goes, Jay. Okay. Enjoy. Good show. (laughs) Thank you, uh, Jay. Come to the festival and have nothing to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Drink water. I hate to see the food festival. <laughs> uh, Mary, we've, uh, you know, obviously we've kept you, we, we've started your Friday much earlier than it probably would have started otherwise. What are you doing this weekend? Nothing. I, I'm trying to think. I was like, wow, wait, what am I doing this weekend? I don't think I'm doing anything this weekend, which is kind of, oh, no, I'm going to a wedding on Saturday. I'm going oh, to a wedding okay. tomorrow. All right. That's and my fireman's fair in my town. The biggest town event when the summer, I live at the Jersey Shore, when we hit Labor Day, it is start a local summer. The first weekend after Labor Day is always our fireman's fair. Benefits, you know, we have volunteer fire departments. So I worked that last night, Thursday night. I'll work it Friday night, and then Saturday we have a, a wedding, and then Sunday I'm uh, Saturday uh, Sunday I'm working the fireman's fair again. So, yay! Welcome to suburbia. That's my exciting life. Where, where at the Jersey Shore are you? Well, I'm not going to tell you the town oh. I live in. Well, what's your address? <laughs> <laughs> Fred, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I am uh, watching football, and uh, I believe that. I'm almost screwed up with Friday and Saturday. I know, oh, I know, I know. I think Saturday, I know. though, I'm I'll be in uh, Manhattan, uh, just sightseeing with because my son's coming in from Orlando. All the bear sightings. Right. He's at it. He's getting away from yeah, drive. That's it. That's He's it. getting to a place where the white claws are safe. That's it and yeah. free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what about you? No. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm seeing a couple fashion shows. It's Fashion Week. So oh, it is. I'm going to be popping around to a bunch of parties. And uh, see, that's nice. tough work. Yeah, you know, it's, some, it's hard, you know, but someone's got to do it. So. No offense, Fred, but I think Noel's got the cooler life out of the two of us. Yeah, I, oh, no, no kidding. My goodness. You know, 100%. What about, wait, I want to I know what, what, uh, what you're doing, Frank. So you're on, asking us, what are you doing? Come on. So on Saturday, I am, um, so I, I have the, a friend of mine from, from high school that we make an effort to get together three times a year. We're unsuccessful twice a year. And, you know, there's <laughs> oh, one, one of us always cancels last minute, you know, because he he has uh, two two children, small children. I have uh, a small child, and there's always some reason to cancel. 
as of now, we are scheduled to go there during the day. Um, and but I, I am. They've apparently gotten the trampoline out in the backyard. They're all set for our visit with this trampoline. But there's also a, a party in our neighborhood for a friend of mine that had a very serious medical procedure. Now, this is interesting. She, you know, she had a very relatively serious medical procedure. I want to get into the details of it. But she asked my wife to come over yesterday to come help get the house prepared and get the house in shape for this party on Saturday. And my wife said to her, well, you know, if you are not well enough to get the house cleaned up, for the party, should you really be having a party right now? And uh, you know, I, I don't think there was a satisfactory answer to her. So I think we're gonna do we're gonna do our friends the Simonettis in the morning, and then our friends uh, the Hoffman for this this post surgical party in the evening. So we'll see. That's my, that's that's my Saturday, and then uh, uh, Sunday I think my my sister is cooking dinner at my uh, at my father's house. So uh, th- that. You know, that's our weekend, pretty much. I think Trampoline is the name of the girl who was in the back of the <laughs> car. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a, a lot of fun. Um, Mary Walter, uh, you can catch her on the radio regularly. You can also uh, check out uh, or, you know, her on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. Mary, anything else that you're promoting that people should be aware of? Yes, so I also uh, fill in for Dan Bongino, and I will be on, I'm usually on Newsmax TV once or twice a week, uh, always on Mondays between 4.30 and 5 o'clock on the Chris Salcedo Show with uh, Michael Reagan. It's Mondays with Mike and Mary. All right. Uh, Fred, uh, w- anything you're up to that people should be aware I'll of? I'll just go to fredrubino.com, see where I'm performing, and I'm all over Facebook and YouTube. And uh, things of that nature. Well, are you performing anywhere that people could come heckle anytime uh, soon? Yes, I'll be at the Comedy Cove in Springfield, New Jersey, doing a fundraiser for Bill Spadia. Oh, really? Yes. So you're supporting oh. him for uh, I governor? I support uh, all the uh, conservative... Uh, that was a, a colleague of yours back in the day, right, Mary? No, I was, I was there uh, before Bill was there. I say okay. All right. Well, yeah. we, we won't force you into in answering <laughs> any questions about him. No, no, no. It's true. I was there before him. I, I've met Bill once. That was it. Uh, um, no, we have the same accountants. Uh, oh, really? Jeez. Yeah. And there was a big party for our accountants. Uh, yeah. That's why I sat right next to him. Going on. Yeah. Sat next to him at the table, and he was at the table. This was like a couple months ago, and I think Bill was at the table for approximately a minute thirty before he was up campaigning, and that was the end of Bill. Bless his, uh, bless his my, soul. Like, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> No, what are you up to that people should be aware of? Uh, I got two movies coming out. Uh, one's Cash Out and Cash Out 2 with John Travolta, Natalie Ura, and Quavo. We are having Cash Out and Cash Out 2 come out at the same time? They're coming out within a few months of each other, yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that, I mean... It's efficient. It's inflation. Get it out. All right. That's inflation. All right. moving. All right. It's efficient. And by the way, it does put the fireman's fare this weekend into perspective. You know? Like, so what are you doing? You should let him go first because then we can all up our game when we're exactly. following yeah. stuff, right? Fair enough. Then I know how to up my game. That uh, wasn't fair. Mary Walter, Fred Rubino, Noel Ashman, thank you again. I hope we can do this uh, again soon. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right.